grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, our Lord, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, for thousands of years, humanity has used the contrast of light and darkness as a way to explain the struggle of good and evil. But you know, back in the creation story, God brings good darkness into the universe. The Bible says, and darkness was on the face of the deep, the abyss. And God is said to dwell in darkness and covers himself in deep, thick darkness in various scriptures, which is odd. You wouldn't think that God would do that, but that's what the Bible says. That's good darkness. So that darkness is con connected with God's incomprehensibility. That means that we do not understand him because of who he is unless we have the light of his revelation come to us and open our eyes so we can see who God really is. So in creation, the word of God permeates that good darkness and brings good light into the universe. God's essence that we do not have access to, his essence is pure light and is also unapproachable to us without a revelation from God. Good darkness, good light, it's all about God's presence in the universe. The evil of darkness was brought on by Lucifer, the fallen angel. He rejected the glorious light that shrouded him as a creature of God. And then he seduced our first parents to rebel against God and reject God's light and embrace his bad darkness. So now darkness represents things scary, like being in the cave without light. It represents bad things, evil things, things we can't see or things we can't know. Darkness also represents God's judgment upon our sin. Like the story of the Exodus in uh, Egypt, the Lord God said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven that they may be darkness over the land of Egypt. Darkness which may be felt. That's why I asked Mr. Baker about the darkness. Can you feel the darkness around you? That's the kind of darkness that God sent upon the nation of Egypt here. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven and there was thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They did not see one another. It was darkness that could be felt. And they didn't rise from their place for three days. So the darkness was so thick that they couldn't even move. But the scripture says, all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. That's a miracle in the midst of God's judgment. And that brings us to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was preaching to God's people and most of them were dwelling in darkness, groping around in deep darkness, Isaiah says. Isaiah 59, we look for light, but there is darkness, for brightness, but we walk in blackness. We grope for the wall like the blind. We grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday and at twilight. We are as dead men in desolate places. That's because they rejected the light of God's ways and they refused to see God's truth, and they lacked understanding and direction because of that. Sounds like our culture today. 
The darkness is surrounding us and the darkness is getting deeper and deeper. And it's even worse when God's people don't see the true light or they stray off the path into darkness. Dr. Reed Lessig in his Isaiah commentary says, the prince of darkness preys on our feeble discipleship, our failed relationship, and our fatal attractions. Even back in the beginning of chapter 1 of the book of Isaiah, he begins with this judgment against Jerusalem and Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not consider. Alas, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a brood of evildoers, children who are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked to anger the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away backward. That's serious accusation against God's people. All creation is aware of God's plan. Isaiah says even the animals understand what's going on. But God's people were in the world covered in darkness, dwelling in deep darkness at this time. Isaiah says in chapter 44, they do not know nor understand for he has shut their eyes so they cannot see. And their hearts so that they cannot understand. Sounds like the words of Jesus in Matthew 13. Therefore I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see. Hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. The implication is that when you refuse to see, the Lord will make you blind. When you refuse to hear, the Lord will make you deaf. When you refuse to understand, the Lord will leave you in your foolishness. That's scary stuff right there. <laughs> That's the darkness and the judgment of God that the Bible talks about. In all of this bad news this morning, we have these wonderful words of encouragement from the Lord in our Isaiah reading this morning. And he uses imagery from Exodus of Israel out of Egypt. But like last week, it's not God's son coming out of bondage of Egypt, out of Egypt I called my son, but... This is the bride of God. This is Zion as a mother welcoming all her children back. This is very celebratory promise and joyful promise for all God's people. One commentator calls it Zion's dazzling dawn. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes and see all around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant. And your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you and the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land and the dromedaries will have Midian and Ephah and all from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. 
We've heard that a couple of times this morning about the Gentiles coming to bring gold and incense. Sounds familiar. All these promises about the light and glory of God, are they relevant to you today when you read this scripture? Now you may answer, well, yeah, aren't they kind of fulfilled in Jesus, right, Pastor? And that's a really safe response to give. It's all about Jesus. You can always say that in an answer to a question. Are these promises fulfilled uh, with the past work of Jesus in the flesh? Are they fulfilled in the present reality of the kingdom of heaven? Or are they a future anticipation at the second coming of Jesus? The answer is yes. St. John revealed it about the first coming. He says this, In him was life, and life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And then St. Paul teaches about the second coming. He says, And when the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. First coming, second coming, it's all about the light that is promised. Isaiah is not promising physical and material restoration of the nation of Israel. He's prophesying about all the spiritual blessings and riches that Christ brings to you in the new covenant relationship. And this will eventually lead all of us into the physical, the physical fulfillment at the second coming and the new earth that God will bring. So we live in that tension. We have to open our eyes. All creation understands this and longs for this to come about. So we are exhorted, open your eyes to see, your ears to hear, your mind and your heart to understand what the Lord has done for you. The nativity story is all about the light, the word and flesh entering into human darkness. That's our message this season. The angels announced God's arrival in the flesh. Behold, angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid, afraid of the light. Simeon, you remember the story of Simeon in the temple? He sees and he understands who this child is. St. Luke reports that he holds the spotless lamb in his arms, and he blesses God, and he says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for the, before the face of all the Gentiles. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. It's all about Jesus. Now gospel reading today, the Magi are led by the light. Behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, and it came and stood over where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. The wise men arrive to the feet of Jesus is a foreshadowing of what Isaiah is proclaiming in our text today. The Gentiles will be drawn to Zion by the light and the glory of Almighty God. Seeing, hearing, understanding, and living in the light is a vital part of the Christian life. God the Son, in the fullness of the Spirit, reveals the Father. 
Therefore, Jesus is all over the Old Testament as word and light in this darkened world. That also means theologically that all these promises are Trinitarian promises. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Based on the will of the Father, the procession of the Holy Spirit, in and through the incarnate Son, all this becomes a reality to us as God's people. Isaiah is talking about you as the new Israel of God. You are Zion, the welcoming mother. You need to see, hear, and understand what the Spirit is revealing to the church. Isaiah 49 says, Lift up your eyes, look around, and see all these gather together and come to you. As I live, says the Lord, you shall surely clothe yourself with them all as an ornament and bind them to you as a bride does. He goes on to say, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I lift up my hand in an oath to the nations and set up a standard for the peoples. They shall bring your sons in their arms and your daughters shall be carried on their shoulders. Kings shall be your foster fathers and their queens your nursing mothers. This is the church. Isaiah set this all up in the previous pa pa passage. He says, Yahweh will come in righteousness and salvation. He will judge all the people. He will arrive in Zion as her redeemer and her and her descendants will be filled with the spirit and the word forever. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My spirit who is upon you and my words which I put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth nor from the mouth of your descendants nor from the mouth of your descendants, descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. This is the kingdom of heaven. Yes, it is all about Jesus, but open your eyes to see, your ears to hear, your heart and your mind to understand that all this salvation history is about you. Mother Church, the fruitful bride of Christ. And this is the great mystery surrounding all of these promises. That's why St. Paul is so important this morning. He reveals this. As it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same promise in Christ through the gospel. To me, he says, who am less than least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. You are the revelation that the world needs. You are the light in the darkness. And it is revealed by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. It's according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord and whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. The Holy Spirit has brought you out of darkness. And that wall of separation at the temple has been broken down and destroyed. 
the holy of holies is opened wide for you and the light and the glory of God has been fully revealed through Jesus Christ. He has opened your eyes. He has unstopped your ears. He has enlightened your mind and your heart to receive God's radiance, his glory, and his abundant joy through Jesus Christ. It's what Jesus prayed for when he prayed to the Father before he went to the cross. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And the glory which you gave me, I have given to them, that they may be one as we are one. Trinitarian revelation, Trinitarian promises. Because Jesus is the light of the world, you are the light of the world. You are the glorious Mount Zion on God's holy hill that cannot be hidden. So St. Paul exhorts us. Therefore, cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. You are the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. <laughs> that glory and that majesty will be fully revealed when the Lord does finally return. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. What a wonderful promise to live by every single day. You are the fruitful mother, welcoming all nations to partake of the wealth and the riches found only in Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our Redeemer. So arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Amen. Amen. Now to him who is able to establish you according to the gospel and to the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now revealed and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations, according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith, to God alone wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Amen.